Hello everyone, my name is Brandon Stemmel and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bench, provided by Modi Sports and sponsored by Bipro. Last time out, we talked about a college coach's perspective of the recruiting process. I wanted to shift directions and in this episode, we are going to analyze the role of a parent in youth sports. I'm excited to introduce my guest today, my good friend, mentor, and mom of all trades, Shannon Cornelius. How you doing today, Shannon? I'm doing all right. I'm wondering, wondering what trades you're referring to, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead and dive into that a little bit. Let's let's learn a little bit more about you. So just give us a little bit of insight about who you are, Shannon. Who I am. All right. Well, we're topping, we're talking about moms. So I am a mom of five. Didn't really intend to do that, but hey, here they are. It's fantastic. I love them. They've all been involved in sports their whole life, and they uh, now they're ages 22 down to 16. So we've kind of weathered this youth sports for for many years, and you know, hindsight's always 2020. But then you add a pandemic in the middle of that, and that's a whole nother level. So yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in Minnesota. Went to University of Minnesota, played sports there, transferred to the East Coast played some sports out there, lived in Atlanta, lived in Chicago, ended up back here in Minnesota. And that's where we've raised most of our, most of the time with the kids. And yeah, that's the Cliff Note version. Wow, that is awesome. Again, a mom of all trades all over the place. So, <laughs> so talk a little bit about where your kids and like how they got really interested in sports. Was, did that come from you or did that just come from themselves? Um, I, I think kids just naturally like sports. I think kids are just naturally bent towards playing, playing anything and playing outside and, you know, being physical. I think they're just naturally, uh, kids just have a natural inclination to that. And then, um, I just kind of let them lead the way. I was a huge athlete. I, I loved athletics. I loved sports. I love, you know, everything about it. But, you know, as a mom, I didn't want to assume that, my kids were also going to do that. You, you, you try to expose your kids to things you love and why you love them, but you also have to let them, you know, discover and love the things they love. Uh, but definitely, definitely had kids gravitate towards it. My kids were just uh, very good at sports, but just because somebody's good at something doesn't mean they're going to like it, you know. So, of course. so, so, and having, they were all super close in age. So when they were little, the rule was <laughs> if, if two of them could be on the same team, then they could go, you know, play baseball. I couldn't have one kid on this team, one kid on this team, one kid on this team. And I, I would go insane. So when they were younger, um, we didn't do any travels, you know, travel sports. We didn't do any of that kind of thing just because we physically via time could not do that with all the kids. So. Um, yeah, so we, we limited it in a little bit, but at the same time, they, they really, you watched them discover their own path. Uh, and of the five, I had a couple that were really intent on athletics and it's been fun. It's been fun to watch them. That's really cool. So obviously like we're talking about just sports in general, but each sport as a, as a parent, you're on the sidelines and you, you have to approach the sport in different ways. So talk a little bit about the type of sports that your kids played and how that was, how that differed in how you interacted. Does that make sense as a, as a parent? Yeah, that makes sense. So um, we've got three boys, two girls, and the boys did the traditional sports. They did football, basketball, uh, track. And then the girls, my two girls are really um, 
<laughs> really different in their sports. My one girl does the traditional sports in volleyball, basketball, softball, and the other girl said, I'm not doing any of that. So she did swimming, cross-country skiing, and lacrosse, which was interesting because I was a traditional sport athlete. So I did volleyball, basketball, softball. I understood those. And so as a parent, it's interesting to watch the parents in the stands who really understand the sport because they're engaged and they're, you know, oh, go this way, turn this way. Oh, wait, you missed the open person. Oh, you, you know, because they're all, because they know, they understand the sport. And then you got the other parents that know nothing about the sports and they're over there just like, good job, good job, run, run faster, you know, good job, you know, because they just don't know anything about it. And so that is interesting because me being a high level athlete and I love coaching and having to just, take my brain when I'm watching my own kid, take my brain and be like, okay, I'm a spectator here. I'm a mom here. And having to learn, you know, what that meant was, <laughs> was a, was a, you know, process in and of itself. But it was, but being a parent of the sports that I understood was really different than being a parent of the sports that I didn't understand. And when our school started lacrosse, that was the first big realization for a larger group of parents because being in a smaller town, you get to know the parents of your kids and you're kind of playing multiple sports together. So you're hanging with the same parents. All of a sudden lacrosse shows up. None of us know a clue about, like we have nothing. We don't know anything about lacrosse. So we're all sitting in the stands and we're like, okay, why are they blowing the whistle? None of us even knew the rules. Like we couldn't even figure this out. So <laughs> there was absolutely no yelling at a kid or yelling at a ref or yell. I mean, there's nothing because we, no, we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> So That's great. that was so just that experience. Um, if you're looking at the continuum of being a, a parent of a of a kid in athletics, uh, that was pretty interesting. So that could be probably a completely separate, a whole separate podcast just talking about just talking about that. But, um, yeah, so that's just my general, you know, intro to anything. And um, so yeah, let me know specifically where you want to go with any of that because we are. We got we had a lot we could talk about. Absolutely, I mean the one one of the questions that I've had and then a, a bunch of other people that I've been talking to have told me is like how the how sports in general has evolved. So like when you were an mm -hmm. athlete, how has it evolved from a parent's perspective? And then how like when your parents went to your games or if they even went to your games, like how did they interact to like the coach or to the refs or to because you said you're more of a traditional athlete. So how did that evolve so much in sports so far? Yeah, so interestingly, I think I think my generation was at rate that in-between generation because my parents talked about that. Their parents never even came to their games, like never, ever, mm -hmm. never came to anything. Like high school and all the high school activities were like they were owned by the kids, basically, that parents just didn't come to that. And I think you know, because my parents went to high school like in the 60s, and I think my grandparents, that was the Depression era. So, you know, it was trying to survive. You didn't really necessarily enjoy your kids' activities because you weren't around. You were probably working two and three and four jobs to survive. So fast forward now, you know, those are now my parents, and my parents are like, oh, this is great. We can enjoy our kids. And we, I mean, my parents came to everything. Um, and my dad was an athlete. He played football at UMD. And so so he was maybe a little bit more tuned in. But when I was an athlete in high school, parents were there supporting all the time. Like every parent was there. And you had some of that, you know, yelling at the refs and whatever. But generally there was a, you know, more of a culture of 
you know, I don't like this, but I'm, I'm not taking ownership of yelling at the ref. And now you fast forward and I'm at some of these games and these parents are just, you know, over the top yelling at these refs and yelling at their kids. And you just see the kids' faces just all, you know, like, why am I here? and What am I doing? So honestly, I think that started during, you know, the 90s when I was in, when I was in sports, unfortunately, because I kind of saw the start of that. And I've seen it just kind of, kind of get worse. So coming from a perspective of being an athlete, being a coach, being a ref, I maybe see things a little bit differently, but it doesn't mean I fall into the trap of, you know, always wanting to, 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 you know, hang with, hang with my kids in a different way rather than just being that support and just being that, um, you know, mom. <laughs> when, yeah. when you're a mom, when you are an athlete and you are a coach and your mom, that's a lot different. And it's kind of a, a but there's a lot of those out there. So it's, um, it's easy to critique. It's easy to then want to coach your own kid. It's easy to do all those things. And it's hard to step back and say, okay, wait, I am, I'm mom right now. What do I need to be if I'm just mom? Right. You know? So very similar story. Like I, so growing up myself, my dad was my, was my soccer coach and with him being my soccer coach, I remember calling him dad on the sidelines and he like just gave me like some coaching points that he would normally <laughs> say. And I said, okay, yeah. dad. And my, my, the head coach, he went on the field, grabbed me off the field and he pulled me over and he said, do, don't you ever do that again. And I was like, I was, I was crying. I was like maybe 10, 11 years old. And, and I was like, just sobbing because I was like, that's my dad. But I understood why he was doing it. He was telling me that if I kept calling him dad, that all the other team, like my teammates are looking at him like I'm being favored. And he's like, you know, I have to set that precedence too of that is my coach. So there's like lines that everyone has to have. And it was, it was very impactful, maybe not in the best of ways, but it was still <laughs> really impactful on that there's different hats that you have. So you've, mm -hmm. you've already said that you were an athlete, that you were a ref, that you were a coach. And now going into that parent thing as well. So like you're switching hats all the time. So what are parents supposed to be doing at these games? Like how should they be acting and even reacting sometimes to referees and coaches? Yeah, yeah. that's such a, that's such a broad based, you know, hard question to answer because in one respect, it's a hard question to answer because every every situation is is different. But in general, um, I've had a lot of conversation with you know kind of our local district and some other things, and I've just said why why are we even doing sports? Why are kids doing sports? Why 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 do we even have any of this? And I've kind of challenged I've challenged myself. I've challenged some other people to say um, a kid is playing sports for a lot different reasons than we as adults think they're playing sports. So we think they're playing sports because, oh, they want to win and they want this and they want that. No, they're playing sports because their friends are doing it, because it's fun and enjoyable. It's, I mean, if you have that kid that is playing sports purely out of, I want to self-realize my you know, athletic ability and I want this and it doesn't matter who's on my team and it doesn't matter who's my coach. I mean, that's maybe a fraction of 1%. That's not why kids are playing sports. And right now, because of COVID, we're finding this. I, in my house, my most competitive child right now during COVID kind of doesn't even want to play anything. 
And I'm like, what? What is that's so weird? Well, then I've started realizing, well, it's because why they're playing. You know, they're playing because they like the competition, because they like whatever, but they like the relational aspect. They like the teamwork aspect. They like, that's what they like. So if we have that revelation as an adult when we're dealing with these kids, whether we're a coach, whether we're a parent, whether we're an athletic director, it, it just changes things. It changes things of, of the value and the purpose of what sports could be doing. So when a kid is finished with a season, here's was my litmus test always. If a kid is done with a season and if they could genuinely say, I had fun, I learned something, and man, I, I, I want to do it again. Then I can say, whatever we did, we succeeded. We succeeded because it was a it was a positive experience. It invested in their life as a as a growth as a human. And if they want to do it again, well, that speaks to us as an adult that we presented it in a in a good way. So people could say, oh, well, we we did a we had a 500 season or we this or we that. I'm like, statistics mean nothing. Statistics mean nothing if you don't have the engagement of the kids and if you don't have the engagements of the kids then why, what are you even doing why are you even doing it beyond the bench is sponsored by bipro the ideal lifestyle choice for athletes and health enthusiasts by providing clean protein without artificial ingredients or sugars whether you're looking for a pre or post-workout supplement or a quick drink on the go visit modisports.com to receive 15 percent off your next bipro order so that so like as a parent, like your original question is like, what should a parent be doing? Well, a parent on the sidelines should be looking at, is my kid being a good teammate? Is my kid having good character? Is my kid treating their you know coach respectfully? Because those are the biggest issues. The biggest issues are when they're all said and done with that season, with that with that school, with that team. What did they learn as a person? And I can't, I'm a very vocal person. I'm a very, you know, outgoing person. But when I'm sitting there watching my kid, I'm just quiet. I might be like, like to myself, like, ooh, 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 you know, but like, as far as like, I'm not yelling at my kid. I'm not yelling at the ref. I'm not yelling at the coaches. Um, you know, every now and then, like if it was basketball or something, I'd be like, I just couldn't handle myself. I'd be like, you know, Johnny. Cause like Johnny's like wide open, you know, <laughs> like nobody's seen him, but beyond that, you know. <laughs> You just can't restrain yourself, but normally I try to restrain myself. Um, and then you got, you know, these these parents that are just yelling and screaming and whatever, and I'm like, wow, there's just so many more relational and psychological and, you know, social issues at hand there. Um, but when I pick up my kid at the end of the day and, you know, after the game and they're in the car, you instinctively, you know, want to be like, hey, how can I coach you? How can I make you better? How, you know, and they don't want that. They mm -hmm. just want to be like, you know, the question is, hey, did you have fun? Yeah. Okay. Great. You know, because if you're forcing anything on a kid, they're just going to resist it anyway. So, but I don't ever want to be in a position where that coach sees me walking down the hall and they're like, you know, I don't want to talk to her. Or that athletic director is like, you know, I don't want to talk to her. Um, so, yeah, I've been very upfront with all my kids' coaches that, hey, you will, you'll never see me challenge you on your coaching or you're this and that but if you're treating kids not okay I'm kind of going to get in your face because really it's just about how you're treating the kids not about you know x's and o's and whatever that's your job whether I agree or disagree doesn't matter that's your job and you'll get my support on that but if you're 
you know, if you're demeaning these kids and you're not treating the kids okay, you know, then, then we're going to have an issue. Um, but we're side, I don't know. What did you ask me? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, My brain is I mean, just starting you, to you, go. Yeah. Right. And, and it's kind of like added more things for me too. Like we were talking about like how parents should be interacting on the sidelines, like with coaches and with their kids and all that. And you've really dove into a lot of that. But one of the things that stuck out to me was, the social aspect of it. So like how, like what are the social cues that maybe us like as coaches or administrators or anything like that could help a parent like kind of understand, like, remember this is, this is why they're here. Like the, the whole why part that you were talking about, about the kids, like why are, why are they in sport? Well, they're in sport to have fun and be with their friends and continue mm -hmm. on. But as a administrator and as a coach, and even as a referee, how can we help parents with those social cues of, okay, you've overstepped, now reel it back in again, and just in, remember why you're here. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And I think the whole why you're playing or why you're coaching or, you know, the why has to be identified and articulated and literally written down. That has to be written down. So... A coach has to have that. It has to be very clear. These kids are in, I mean, their brains are developing, their physical bodies are developing. They're just in a, you know, hormonal soup everywhere. So to, to what I see happen all the time is these adults and parents expect these kids to have all these skills and these abilities relationally and understanding leadership. We just expect them to have these. They don't have them. They're learning them. And it's our responsibility as an adult to teach them that. So how are they going to learn? They end up learning because they end up crossing some unspoken line and they get blasted. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, whoops. You know, kind of like what you just described. Like you just kind of got blasted for doing something that you didn't know was wrong. You right. know, and then, then all of a sudden these kids are getting blasted for things. And then they start saying, why am I doing this? I, you know. I didn't know I was doing anything wrong and I'm, I'm willing to learn, but they're just, they're blasting me. So why would I be part of this? And they, they evaluate it and they say, I'm out of here, you know? Right. So, so I think, you know, how do we do that is we identify the why we articulate it, we write it down and we have it presented beforehand because you cannot like in any relationship when you need to deal with something or you need to attend to something in the heat of the moment, is not the time because your brain physically cannot think clearly in the heat of the moment. It, it cannot. So when you have, you know, a coach needing to deal with a situation, the default is, oh, I don't talk to any parents or you can't talk to me within 48 hours a game or, you know, they do all these things just to try to put boundaries around that instead of articulating the why and saying, you know, Hey, here's what happened. Here's the incident. Here's our standards here's our mission, here's how you didn't, um, you know, coincide with that. Like, you know, hey, as a teammate, example, like as a teammate, we treat everybody respectfully, you know. We don't mouth off at, at refs, and if you do, here's what happens. And here's why we say don't mouth off at refs, because guess what? You're going to have a boss someday. You know, you have teachers, you have this. So as a, as a human, athletics, okay, so – here's the why and, and why athletics is so important because athletics mimics life in so many ways. And I have said again and again, athletics is a 
platform almost like no other sports is like a platform like no other to teach people about life and to teach people how to be a good human so if we can say athletics is a training ground in the lab to teach all of us how to be better humans then what things do we put in place to make that happen and unfortunately coaches and and all of us as adults you know, we don't have that articulated. So if we don't have that articulated and we don't have that skills, how can we expect them to have the skills? And then somehow we just expect them to have the skills and then we get mad at them when they don't. It's like, wait, right. time out. Who's the adult? <laughs> time know? out and reset, right? Time out and reset. So, so how do you be a good parent in the athletic world? How do you be a good coach? How do you be, you know, you have to know why you're there. And you said, you know, your dad was coaching and this is what happens. You have, you have a lot of parents who jump in to coach just because there's not coaches, which is awesome. Very respectable, fantastic. But again, why are you there? What are the goals? And you have to coach to those goals. And if the goals is winning games, then you have the wrong goal, mm -hmm. you know? So, so stepping back and saying the goal is to teach these kids how to be better humans, then how you coach and what you do takes on a whole new meaning. So, um, does that answer your question a little bit? Like I, yeah, I, I get sure. kind of riled up with this stuff because it's just been my world for so long. <laughs> you ask all me a right. question, and also my brain goes in ten directions. Well, and so. this is something as well. Like I, I don't. There was no one that came up to my parents and said, "Okay, this is how you be a parent on the sidelines." And mm -hmm. my mom actually said this perfectly. My mom was when she when she first got married to my dad. She. She talked about like, okay, when you go to Christmas parties, my, my grandma and her friend would pull her aside and would, would tell her, okay, so here's how you socialize in these, in these types of environments because you're not there to embarrass him. And so it's like the same thing in sport. Like we need to have mentors to, to kind of tell us, okay, how do we interact here? So one of the things that, you know, I've implemented in, in some of my programs is just trying to build relationships with other parents and that have been a part of my program for a while and kind of show them and teach them like, okay, I'm not a scary person, even though I'm coach, but also to allow your kid to, to have a little bit of independence and understand that they can come be approachable. Right. Mm -hmm. So we want to like help with more of those social cues. And I, and I don't think that we have enough written down as a, as overall in youth sports of how, we want those relations. We say, don't yell at a referee. Okay, well, we also are, are told to enjoy the sport and enjoy the game. And so you get wrapped up in this environment that just the energy itself is going and going and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you react, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're trying, to, we're trying to force this and it's so hard to do. So what, like you yourself, if you've been wrapped up into a game like that and you've caught yourself, what are some tools that you could give to like a new parent that's got a, a young kid that's in sports that to, to just enjoy and be a, a mom or just a spectator in that, in that aspect? What are some tools that you could give them potentially? I think understanding fairness because we as humans, we have this, this innate fairness and justice monitor inside of us. And when we're playing sports as a kid and as a parent, you know, you have, you have, you have the coach and you have the ref. So we have this assumption and this expectation that the coach is going to coach perfectly 
and the ref is going to ref perfectly. And then when they don't, that's our crisis moment. Mm-hmm. So, so the, one of the biggest things that, that I would say as a tool is help yourself and help your kid to understand these are humans. <laughs> you know, this is a brother, a dad, a whoever, and they're trying their very best to coach. And guess what? They're not a career professional coach who has, you know, 800 hours of continuing education to figure out how to be the perfect coach. So they're doing the best they can. That ref is getting paid, what, 10 bucks an hour? They're doing the best they can. They're not always going to see everything. So you have to give them, you have to teach yourself and you have to teach your kid to give the benefit of the doubt. That being said, there is a time and place then to be like, okay, enough is enough. And to find out how do you then address enough is enough. So what does that look like as a coach? It looks like when you're watching that coach yell and demean a kid, then you say, you know, hey, coach, can we have a conversation? Because, again, you can teach the X's and O's. But when I see you discouraging a kid to the point where they don't even want to play or they come home and they're crying, now I have an issue with that. Can we talk about maybe, you know, how to address that? Or right in the middle of a, a game. Like I have been I have been a coach of a game of, you know, these 10-year-old basketball girls and this other team is just literally physically like pounding and the refs are not doing anything. And I'm calling a timeout. I'm saying, hey, ref, listen, that's dangerous. Like some kid is going to get hurt because you're not, you know, taking control of this game as a ref. You know, so as a spectator and as a mom, like as a coach, you can do that. But as a spectator and a mom, that's a hard thing, you know. But those are those things where instinctually, as a parent, you know when something's wrong. And, you know, your mama bear comes out and you want to protect your kid and you want to, you know, help the situation. And uh, most of the times it comes off wrong and you end up having, it makes it worse and this and that. So the, the tools are to say, okay, what's the real issue here? And how do I address that real issue in a calm way that makes progress? That's, how, that's always my term in my head, like, okay, how do we make forward progress here? Because if I come to you, you know, Stem, and I'm just like, you're a horrible coach, and you've been treating my kid, and blah, 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 blah. Is that really going to make forward progress? Are we going to make progress? The answer is no, because you're going to get all defensive. No, probably not. Right. You're going to get all defensive. So, so using that keyword in my head, like, you know, how, how do we make forward progress here? Um, so as a, you know, as a parent, like instinctually, you know when stuff is wrong. And the, the sports world is classic for, you know, coaches or whoever making you as a parent feel like you're crazy, like it's only you, like there's really no issue. And again, that goes back to having clear identified whys within a program. Hmm. And the hard thing is, as a parent, gosh, if you don't have a program where the leaders of that program are understanding that, that's kind of a hard, that's kind of a hard thing because then if you go and you say, you know, Hey coach, I, you know, I don't even know why we're playing here or, you know, can we have some things identified? They're going to think that you're, they're going to get intimidated and they're going to react bad. And so honestly, you know, it kind of has to be, I don't know if it's a grassroots roots movement right now or what, um, mm-hmm. because as a parent, you can teach your kid how to handle these crappy things. You know, you can teach your kid to be like, hey, these adults are not always doing the best and here's how we handle it. But there comes a time where, why are you putting your kid in that situation? You right. Know? Mm-hmm. So. Totally. No, I totally get that. That is, 
very insightful actually you know that whole fairness piece and understanding fairness it is a it's a tough topic because what someone seems is fair is not fair to someone else so it's it's that what i love so much about sport in general is the ability to problem solve and the ability to have to think about problems and figuring it out and that's how i look at referees i look at referees as if they're if they're calling it one way or whatever and it's not not just fair then it's like okay how do we problem solve to make it to where it it will balance itself out and i always just tell the girls the only way to get a referee out of the game is just put the ball in the back of the net and call it a day you know in the yep. soccer world you know <laughs> change yep. it however you want but it's that simple you know it, a referee can make all the wrong calls but if you keep scoring goals in the end of the day you're you're figuring out a way to problem solve and that's that's a win in and all aspects a, and that's a life lesson right there because these things that are out of your control can either mm -hmm. sidetrack you and your focus can go over there the ref and trying to get that ref to behave himself or you can keep focusing on your job and have success over there so how Absolutely. many times have we seen a game get scuttled because the teammates are getting sidetracked and focusing on the bad refing. Is it bad oh, refing? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you now have allowed your attention to get distracted. And, you know, like, again, sports is a phenomenal platform to teach people about life. I will say that till my dying breath. And so segue right now, look at COVID. You know, mm -hmm. I run, I run a small business. Um, I do, various things and so when I'm hiring and I'm looking at people and I'm in that world if I see somebody come in and I'm seeing that they're an athlete or you know they're a college athlete or whatever I can I automatically assume certain things about their character because mm. if you're playing sports at a college level that that tells me certain things so I can I can by default sort of assume you have these types of characteristics may or may not be true but chances are they probably mm -hmm. are you know, and what are those things that like you can problem solve? You understand how to work as a team. You understand that when you fail, you got to get up and you got to figure it out. And you got to keep going. You understand that, you know, you can't be blaming leaders. You can't be this. You can't be that. You can't be a hothead. You can't be, you know, so for you to be successful at mm -hmm. a higher level of athletics, there's some things I assume to be true about you. Doesn't always, doesn't always work. And you can have those characteristics outside of being an athlete. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But athletics by default and by nature, trains those things in people. Beyond the Bench is provided by Modi Sports. Modi Sports is the ultimate youth soccer training tool, utilizing 3D motion capture technology to teach soccer skills and drills that can be studied from any angle. Coaches, parents, and players can download the Modi Sports mobile app from the Apple App Store and Google Play. Check us out at modisports.com. Look at, let's look at baseball right here. This is like my favorite analogy. Let's look at baseball. Baseball, if you have a really good batting average, Sam, what's what's a what's a respectable good batting average? Great question. I I'm not, I'm not very You're good. Not like, what, I'm not like I'm a baseball guy, but I'm not yeah. like a oh my gosh, like batting average? Like yeah. point is it like point six? Okay, so that would be phenomenal. You'd be like in the Hall of Fame forever. But yeah. so I forgot your soccer. Same season. You didn't grow up in baseball. Okay. So so in baseball, in baseball, if you have a high two hundred batting average, you're that's respectable. You have like a two eighty, two ninety. If you're in the three hundreds, great. You don't really get into the four hundreds. So if you have a, a three twenty five batting average, a three twenty five batting average means that you have failed seven times and succeeded three times. You mm -hmm. failed way more than you have succeeded. 
Yet in the industry, you have a very respectable, very successful batting average. I love that. That yeah. is that encapsulates sports right there. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know. So COVID right now is teaching everybody that, and I'm like, man, athletes right now. In fact, let's do a podcast on this. Athletes right now do not understand how many innate skills they have to weather through COVID. Like they have those skills, but they may not realize it. So I would love to like speak to the athlete sometime and be like, listen, because you're an athlete, here's these things that you've learned. You may not have understand you've even learned them, you know, and kind of just expose them to the fact that because you're an athlete, here's the things that you have learned and here's how then you can apply them in this really uncertain times right now. Cause these athletes that are going back to school right now, basically school is their playing field, their athletic field. It's their court, you know, right. and if they, and if they realize and kind of change their thinking, be like, ah, okay. You know, and Absolutely. in life, when you're out in the work world and you're out in the, you know, whatever, that's your, that's your court. That's your playing field. That's your pitch. You know, mm -hmm. how do I navigate Absolutely. this? You know, how do I navigate? And that's, so that, I mean, that kind of segues into the next question that I had is, you know, obviously we don't, we have so many unknowns with, with COVID, but how do you think youth sports is going to just change the way either the way parents interact because of COVID? Does that make sense? And like how, how even the, the, the youth players will want to be a part of it. So you've already talked about how your daughter, how she's like not interested in sports right now because of everything going on. Kind of dive into more of what we can kind of see in the forefront almost a little bit for what we know right now. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. I think we got a little taste of that because it was soccer, was it not, in mm -hmm. just this past year where they made the rules where like the parent – like couldn't say anything on the sidelines. Yep. Right. Yep. So they were trying to take the parent uh, variable out of the equation. So instead of, instead of like teaching the parents and educating the parents and telling the parents how they could be a positive part of it, their solution was like, we're just taking you out of the equation. <laughs> so ironically going into COVID, it's kind of what's happening where they're not allowing spectators. They're not going to be allowing, you know, and so it'll be interesting. Um, in fact, I was going to ask my daughter yesterday if our school was doing that, but down at Denfeld, they can have spectators, right? I think I saw them. Yep. So it's outside. Yep, they can outside. Have them. Yep. Yeah. As long as they're outside. Okay. As long as they're outside. Right. So as soon as we have inside sports now, assuming they're even going to allow it, that right now they're saying no spectators. So Correct. that'll be very interesting. Um, so again, the athletes, how is that going to change the athletes' experience? I, I have it is going to be interesting because it may skyrocket the athletes uh, enjoyment of the sport possibly, yeah. or it may just be like, wait a minute, there's no fans cheering. There's no, like there's so much energy and vibe that comes with spectators, even though I got my mom or my dad yelling over here, which I hate, but overall having all the spectators. Um, so it'll be very interesting, but I think, I think it's going to challenge all programs to say, again, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And how do we drill down to the, to the why? Because when things yeah. get harder, you have to know why you're doing it. Cause otherwise, why, why are you doing it? Um, and I, you know, we kind of all thought that this was just going to be a month or two months or whatever. And so it was the blip kind of get back to normal. Well, now that it's 
it's not a blip and it's not quote getting back to normal like my own particular daughter she's the most competitive of all my kids she's so fun to watch she's just fun she's competitive in a good way like she's just in tune she's got this athletic acumen that is just so fun to watch mm -hmm. and when everything just literally stopped overnight and then in the summer there was some teams that were kind of getting together and I was like hey great look at they've been allowed to play here's what's happening she's like I don't want to do that I'm like wait what what do you mean you don't want to do that and then you know they were having open gym and she went a couple times and then she just I she wouldn't go again I'm like what is going on I'm like I just saw this big resistance and then she made a, a comment she's like well I don't want to do COVID sports and I was like what does that mean and she was a little tight-lipped about it but she by default had to work at our family business like plunge all in because we just we had nobody so she went from being involved to her sports world and kid world and whatever to now quote the business world and you know just like literally overnight and she preferred to be at work rather than hanging out with sports and I and it finally dawned on me why it dawned on me because in the COVID world in the kid COVID world in the kid sports world in all of that it's a ever-changing landscape oh you can do this now oh wait no now you can't now you can do this oh wait now you have to do this I mean it's just constantly changing mm -hmm. and over here you know working in the family business she knew exactly what to do she knew exactly what was expected of her she knew exactly how you know and it was it was feet under her ground you know stable ground so she was picking stability and you know enjoyment and like those relationships that she could count on rather than over here something that she loved but it the landscaping was changing so much it was just too and she's not a nervous person at all but right. this is what COVID, this is what COVID is doing COVID is just is heaping on a whole nother layer of unknowns with these kids and they're having to make you know adult choices and figuring out adult things in their head of what where they're going to choose to put their time and effort and their whatever so how is that affecting youth sports overall? There is a massive exodus of youth sports because one, things aren't available. And this summer, I think we talked about this a few days ago, this summer was a summer like when we were kids, like nah, when I was a kid, <laughs> not you. <laughs> but it was a summer because there wasn't all these summer leagues. There wasn't mm -hmm. all these travel teams. So in the summer, you what did you do? You hung out with your family, you hung out with your friends, you went fishing, you went camping, you did all these things. And these kids who've grown up with all these youth sports and these camps, and you know, like you're you're told and you're pressured, like you gotta go to these camps, you gotta do this, and you gotta do this, and you gotta do this. Well, and if you chose not to do them, then you were the odd man out and it was just a social pressure, like you have to do these. Well, guess what? This summer nobody could do them. So you were forced to take a break and that's a fantastic thing because when all these kids get back to sports, I don't think we're going to find that these kids are lagging in behind. I think no. they're like from an athletic perspective, I think they're going to be just fine. And so right. these kids are in the midst of this social experiment with all these new sports and all these athletics and, mm -hmm. and they're having to figure out who do they want to be in life and what do they want to put their time and effort to because it's at a premium right now. So if that sport, so, you know, high school basketball coach, say, mm -hmm. if you're a high school basketball coach and there's no reason and there's no attractive value for that athlete to be part of your program, guess what? They're not going to be.
because life right now is way too stressful. So if there's not a positive investment into their life that is wanting them to be part of that, they're not going to. Guess what? In the corporate world right now, if, if you are running a company and you're being not awesome to your employees and you're not investing in them and you're not, you know, they don't have to stay. And honestly, they shouldn't stay. But somehow with these youth sports, we tell the kids that they have to stay. And we're, you know, so what are we teaching them? We're teaching them that it's okay to be part of something that is, um, you know, kind of destructive in your life just because you should, mm. you know, but yet in the yeah. corporate world, no, they shouldn't. If you've got an abusive boss or you have an unhealthy work environment, leave. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about being loyal and being, you know, gutting it out. Absolutely. But yep. there's a line. There's a line where, like, if that adult and that leadership is not being leadershiply and adultly, no, mm -hmm. there's no have tos. You know, so there's I think no that's have there's no have tos, and I think that is a big, you know, rude awakening that's going to happen with all youth sports right now. So if they're not investing in the human and investing mm -hmm. in intentionally um, doing positive things for for that kid, those kids are going to be like, nope. You know? It's it is our job to be able to teach a kid how to use the tools that they have in their toolbox, and it's you know we can't just expect someone we can't give them all the tools and say go build a house if they've never seen it never done it before in their life. You have to show them and mentor them on how to do that. My mm -hmm. my boss Gordy he tells me that all the time, and I'm so appreciative that he says it because I quote it all the time. We mm -hmm. always need to teach them how to do the tools in the toolbox for sure. So yeah, well, and you, I really and you, appreciate this time as well because again, yeah. we you know we're wrapping up here, but I do have some rapid fire questions that a couple of people <laughs> they were like, we have to ask these questions. So okay, you got to be ready. I'm ready. Favorite sport? Volleyball. Volleyball. Favorite sports team, either past or present. I know. Uh, I don't know. The Vikings. The Vikings. I know. I, I thought we'd be friends. I know, because I didn't have an answer. Hey, Fair enough. I, someday, someday they will win. Someday. Okay. Favorite ice cream? Ooh. Uh, strawberry. Strawberry? Favorite athlete, past or present? I love I my kids. I love them. I just have so much respect for them. So my favorite athletes are are my kids. Seriously. Oh, that's a cute one. Last question. Favorite book, and would you recommend it? I've read a lot of books in my lifetime and recently, but one that's been like super impactful to me. It's an it's an older book, and it's called The Heavenly Man, and it's a story of a guy under the communist regimen in China, and eventually how he escaped. It was pretty fascinating. So, very cool. There that is actually all the questions that I have for you, but I really appreciate your time, and I'm sure that our viewers are going to be super impactful with all the nuggets that you gave us. Yeah, we kind of we kind of went a whole bunch of directions, but hopefully there's something in there because, man, the whole topic of youth sports is a big one, and I'm really happy that you're starting to tackle it because it's very needed. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, Shannon, we'll keep in touch, and we'll actually keep talking about this more, but thank you again for being on Beyond the Bench. Oh, thanks, Sam. As you can hear, Shannon managed to give some really good insight of a parent's role and value of what life lessons you learn through sport. 
I want to give a special thank you to Shannon and Yellow Bike Coffee for taking the time to join us today. Keep an eye out for more episodes of Beyond the Bench, provided by Modi Sports and sponsored by Bipro on your favorite podcasting platforms. This is Brandon Semidal. See you next time. Beyond the Bench is sponsored by Bipro, the ideal lifestyle choice for athletes and health enthusiasts by providing clean protein without artificial ingredients or sugars. Whether you're looking for a pre- or post-workout supplement or a quick drink on the go, visit modisports.com to receive 15% off your next Bipro order. Pro order.